0: What's up, critical thinkers? Kid Carson here. You're gonna love this conversation. You're gonna love this woman. You're gonna want to be her best friend. You're gonna wanna invite her over for dinner. <laughs> At least that's how I felt uh, when I just chatted with Rebecca Shepard. I- I'm just actually still buzzing because we just wrapped up the phone uh, call just a couple of minutes ago or the, or the Zoom. And she is such a badass. No one's telling her what to do. She created this incredible website called StandForThe.com. And so if you have a situation where you get a real bent out of shape, you know, border guard or public health officer who gives you one of those crazy tickets you keep hearing about like five, six, seven thousand dollars. This is the woman you call because she knows the ins and the outs of how to beat one of these tickets. But that's not all turns out as we start our conversation she's into all the stuff all the fun awesome juicy conspiracy stuff so we dive down the rabbit hole real quick actually uh we talk a lot about crossing the border on land versus flying arrive can all the stuff we dive deep if you're planning on going on a trip and you enjoyed our conversation with uh officer patrick mcnulty you're going to really love this conversation. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple or one of the other platforms, please, would you support our online community we've built? It's a censorship-free social media platform. It's called Kid Carson. Look for it in the App Store. And from there, you can also uh, support us. You can send a little donation if you want. Okay, let's get into it. It's Rebecca Shepard of StandForThe.com. It's nice to meet you, Rebecca.
1: Yes, you too. This is great.
0: Thanks. Your name came up with someone else that I was chatting with on the podcast. I'm trying to think of who it was now.
1: It was um, brain just died. Uh, Patrick McNulty.
0: Yes. And he had some glowing things to say about you. And I was like, like, whoa, 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 who's that person again as I grabbed my pen? Because I wanted to meet you. (laughs) Because I think that one of the most terrifying things is the legal aspect and not knowing how we can be punished. So when someone says, code this, uh, you're being charged with blah, 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 and you're going to pay and all we hear is thousands of dollars. <laughs> it can really freak <laughs> us out. And what, what Patrick has mentioned is you're kind of helping people out who are faced with this kind of a, this kind of a scenario.
1: Definitely. So uh, for myself, I've had to learn um, a lot about the law, too. I mean, I've never read legislation before. And now it's like, as soon as someone says something, I'm like, wait one second, pull up the act, find it. Where is it? What's going on? So now I read legislation in my spare time, wow, which I don't really have spare time, but I, I read legislation. How does this work? How did this start
0: for you? I mean, you're, um, are you, uh, by day, a legal assistant, I believe. No, no. What are oh, you by no. day?
1: By day, I'm a project manager. I work for ad agencies and oh. I, I, I come from a technical background, which is actually suited to, um, reading legislation because, you know, I, I, Coming from a technical background, building tech, technical documentation, understanding tech specs, and like getting granular granular into these things, and I'm I'm one of those people that I'm I enjoy problem solving, so it works well for me, um, and then just translated that into what I do with Stand for Thee, um, and I work with a paralegal named Jane Scarf who has about forty years experience, um, and like real activism work. Um, and so she's my Jedi master, everything I, I know, I've learned from her and I'm still constantly learning. Um, but yeah.
0: Wow. So this isn't even something that was in your wheelhouse before.
1: No, 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 oh no. Now You get one of these. No. One of these. <laughs> this is a, that's,
0: that's incredible. What a huge thing to take on. Um, uh,
1: well, it's like, again, you know, I, I because I enjoy problem solving and putting the puzzles together. And that's, you know, as a project manager, it fits in well. And I like I just I also have this thing where I'm like, Mm-mm, that's a lie. <laughs> mm. I have a bullshit detector, I have a really good bullshit detector. And so um, uh, I have found a couple of interesting things with the Contraventions Act with the reopening Ontario Act, i.e. there is no enforcement in regulation 364 20 under the reopening Ontario Act doesn't exist,
0: whatever that means, we'll have to get you to explain that.
1: Yeah, well, it's the law that they use to shut down Ontario the three well it was actually part of the reopening Ontario Um, but it was the it was the there were one of the regulations that was uh, set the parameters or the legislation for who could be open when and what you had to do to be open you know masking and checking for passes and whatever else and uh, we discovered through uh, supporting a business owner in Kingston named Kelly Hale who owned Jack Tuesdays through his appeal process we sent in the application, the motion to appeal saying, can you show us the, the enforcement? And we got back a 360-page word salad response, which says it should have been one line. Here it is, done. There's no enforcement in the Reopen Ontario Act. So,
0: How does that make you feel when you're digging into this stuff and you realize that the government's just acting sort of it's on a, a whim? It's a,
1: bu- it's a bullshit nothing burger. This whole thing is a bullshit nothing <laughs> burger. It is. They don't. This is the thing. If they had the legal provisions, we would already be communists in camps. That's what they want, and that's what they're 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 circumventing law, they're sidestepping law, they're overstepping law. Whatever it is that they're doing, at the end of the day, Canada and I, I'm one of those people that when I was a child, I knew something was coming. I was always counting down to the two thousands and concerned about. know the 2000s and 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 i also had a lot of interesting experiences where i knew something was i just knew something was coming my whole life Mm -hmm. and then um in my uh, the last couple of years i was like maybe we're gonna miss it (laughs) maybe it's just not it's just gonna be not my generation Mm -hmm. and then um when everything went down i was actually on vacation my husband and i were in costa rica when this nonsense started so we didn't even know about it and then we came back to COVID 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 and we were like what And, you know, and and because we came into it not knowing, it was like, what are you fools talking about? Like, I'm so scared. It's like, scared of what? What are you talking about? You know? And then um, I came back to work for a couple of weeks and then they shut everything down and we went home. And we live right on Bloor Street in Toronto. And so, you know, major streets like the major artery in Toronto. And that the Monday when they told everyone we're closing for two weeks and you know, however long that turned out to be. I remember waking up Monday morning and it was, you know, a rainy, shitty day. And it was Bloor Street. And I looked out the window and I was like, holy shit. There was like two people, not not like maybe a car every few minutes. Like usually the, the rush hours never returned to its previous levels. But it used to be bumper to bumper on, on during rush hour. And in that moment, like I had a meltdown. I was just like, what the hell is going on? And then uh, very shortly after, like I was in total denial. And then one day I was like, holy shit, this is the thing. This is it. This is the thing.
0: So yeah, when when you say there was going to be a thing, is this because you were someone like me who like loved to dabble in sort of conspiracy, you know, new world order type
1: stuff? Well, I mean, I was born in 73, so there was no interwebs and there was no discussion of these things. Um, and incidentally, the New World, the New World Order, the W.F. was founded in '72, by the way.
0: Oh, interesting. So,
1: yeah, I was actually watching. Um, what was I watching? I don't, I don't usually have time to watch things, but I was watching something the other day, talking about um, the inception of the fiat system and moving off the gold standard, and how everything happened all together. And you know, I'm going to give you an example of how how this the hamster wheel works. Okay, okay. so. <laughs> my aunt sent me a 19 1930s sears catalog remember i don't know if you know about sears homes if you know what a sears home is this is i find fascinating sears used to sell home kits so they would send you a blueprint for your house like an architecture blueprint and the materials and you would build what's called a sears home and the sears home was like twenty thousand dollars, and they were these beautiful homes and they still exist Mm -hmm. um and so I was like, wait one minute, look at the price of this house. I don't even know if it was $20,000. It was cheap. It was ridiculously cheap. And then I was like, oh, and look, pants were a dollar. Cool. So then I was at the um, St. Lawrence Market here in Toronto. And there was an, an Eaton's catalog from or Sears. Maybe it was Sears. I don't remember from 1973. And I was like, okay, flipping around. And I was like, pants were $20. And my brain went, wait one second. How did pants go from being a dollar in 1930 to $20 and 73 to $120 in 2000 and whatever year it was that I saw. So then I started looking around it, like something went off in my head. So I started looking at housing prices. Well, I know what the prices are in Toronto, but then I was like, well, what led to this? So then I did some. It was like, oh, the fiat system, and I was like, oh, of course, right. And if you look at if you look at inflation, and and this is the interesting thing. And I was having a conversation with somebody this morning about there's a notion that our birth certificates certificates are traded on the stock exchange and we're worth millions. I'm like, well, if we're worth millions, why are they trying to kill us? Like, why are they committing genocide against us if we're millions worth millions? And at that time, when we moved to the fiat system and we're no longer gold backed, the 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 stock market skyrocketed the next day you think it would drop because it's fabricated it money isn't money is not a commodity that we will run out of because you make more by hitting a print button so Mm. it's fabricated interest rates are fabricated all of these things are fabricated because it's you can't there's no money tree that's running out of money like gold you've got to go mine it you've got to find it you know and i'm not going to say oil because there's no there's been no actual validation that we're running out of oil and gas. That's just another fabrication, mm-hmm. but commodities are commodities. You have to go and get them. They're real. They're tangible. Fiat system. Isn't none mm. of this is real.
0: It's like that with and diamonds too. I, I watched something where like in Russia, they have like warehouses, just piles
1: diamonds diamonds. of diamonds. <laughs> that wasn't that was De bears and their, their campaign and the 19, whatever it was making it th- this pretense of like the semi like this most precious stone. But no, they're actually very easy to come by. Just uh, like you know, wow. getting a a, a a quartz crystal quartz, not a big deal.
0: That's crazy. So you start you started to notice this and putting the pieces together by the way that you're way cooler than I thought you were gonna be I'll be honest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's another one for you. So chemtrails, right? Again, I was born in 73. They started yeah. mass chem at that time. I was about four years old and I said to my mom, why is there a line in the sky? And my mother was like, she didn't even look up. I don't know. And I remember like, just like, this makes no sense at all. There's and and they were those real, like, you know, that you see those ones that look like, I call them globules. It's like, there's a line, but it looks like, like globules coming down. Like it's heavy, mm. they're heavy. And mm-hmm. it was like they were and back then the sky was blue. It was different, you know, and so this shit has just come naturally to me. And then when the interwebs came out, oh, my gosh, I went like down deep, deep, dark rabbit holes, I, I lived for a part of my life, consumed, depressed, anxiety, freaked out, like some of the stuff that I found, I was just like. I, I need a minute, like I, mm-hmm. I need to put, just put this down and give myself a minute. And now it's like, look, let's be honest here. We're being controlled by Satanist baby eaters. Let's just call it what it is. It's been going on for a long time. It's right in front of our faces. Look at Lady Gaga, you know, look at these satanic videos. Look at Marina Ambra We eat, make having a party with, uh, you know, people cake made out of human form or naked models where they come with little tissue, little toothpicks and lick the blood off them. Like, come on, mm. don't tell me we don't live in a satanic world.
0: Isn't and it funny so, that we look back at like ancient cultures, like ancient Aztecs and that whole time and like where human sacrifice was clearly? Well, what place. was what was
1: what was the Ukraine? It was the former Kazarian region. And what did they do there? Moloch. They sacrificed mm. children. This is no different. We're still living in that ancient time. It's just been hidden from us, but it's been going on this entire time. It's just like the Nazis. They weren't annihilated, they were assimilated. We live in a Nazi world. This is what they. This is the eugenics program that we're experiencing right now. That's been amplified. It's always been there. We just didn't know, and now it's in front of us. And that the veil has been lifted. We see the darkness because you can't fix it unless you see it. And if you're not seeing it, it's because you're choosing not to. Mm.
0: Yeah, I've I've uh, heard a theory that like yeah, the Nazis never lost the war.
1: No, <laughs> no, they brought them to. Yeah, yeah they brought Operation them-
0: Paperclip, they brought a, a whole bunch of the scientists and, and, you know, some of the Nazis actually founded NASA and the CIA and
1: Oh, are you kidding <laughs> me? Yes, of course. K Ultra. Yeah. The bird. It's all declassified. It's not, I'm not making this up. This is declassified. A lot of them went to Mexico. Like a lot of them, they went they went to around the world, but you know, us was of course the us breath. And this is what I tell people all the time. You really think the world didn't know that the, uh, the, the, the uh, Holocaust was going on over there. You think they didn't know? Nobody knew. Come on. They knew, they knew they were all in on it.
0: So cool. You're into this stuff. It's so hard to find anyone who wants to talk about this stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean,
0: I haven't met anyone else that I could say, I heard that the Nazis never lost the war. I've heard this on a podcast one time, but I've never had this conversation with, with anyone else except for you. But you just walked right into it. I'm like, yes. I think we need to be best friends. Okay. We're going to start text messaging after this.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, I've been, I've been researching this for a long time and I'm very fortunate that I have, well, my husband's on the same page. Thanks the Lord because, mm. and literally this has caused a Renaissance of God just saying, you know, because like people like that, we, when we know we're fighting Satan, well, you better get God in your heart because you need someone to help you fight the battle. Um, but I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of people around me who are on the same page and i've met a lot of people along the way that know more than i do Um, and so i've been very very um, fortunate for that otherwise i don't know how i would have made it this far because it's really difficult knowing knowing the reality of our world and for people out there that don't understand that they're not alone it can be very isolating because it's it can be alienating when you like you know if you're out socializing and you and people are just oblivious it can be difficult like don't you know don't you know mm-hmm. what's going on? Yeah. And now it's like, you have to have that balance, right? You need to have the people that don't know to keep your mind off of it. And you need to have the people that know to help you deal with it.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I've, I found that too. It's, um, you know, there's different levels of waking up, but I remember the last sort of big level of, of waking up for me, it was like so isolating and yeah, there was, it was almost like a six month like mourning process of like yeah, letting it's go. A of, grieving. Yeah. You're grieving yeah. the world, what you thought the world was. And then, um, eventually come to terms. But when you when you said that a few minutes ago about uh, living your life in in anxiety and sort of in these rabbit holes and, you know, depression and trying to um, because of all the things you were stumbling across, I could definitely relate to that. And I think a lot of people can that it's uh, and maybe that's why some people say I I don't want to know I want to keep my head in the sand. um, Because they hear that once I know what's going on, I'm going to be changed and and people just are already so fragile.
1: And change is scary, right? And change can be hard for people. And if you're not, If the, and and this is new too like for a lot of people this is new and uh you know I've, I've met some people that they're like I just woke up a year ago but I get it like they just know mm. and maybe they've they've always inherently knew but they just didn't want to admit it um, but it's a lot to digest in a short period of time and I, I've I've had a lot you know again since the interwebs came out which was what 20 years ago um and I've always been someone who has questions um and uh, so it wasn't not that it was easy but it was like okay this 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 seems more logical than this to be honest because how else can you explain this
0: for you were you always like a, into god or was that something that came along with with waking up because for some people we've sort of been convinced that god doesn't exist in our culture over the yeah. last you know how many decades Locked,
1: actually mocked yeah.
0: yeah yeah um so yeah. for some people that's still a stumbling block and yeah. they even the word god can trigger so i know people that it triggers them so yeah. Yeah. What was your journey, what was your process like, kind of embracing that, okay, God's real, we're battling satanic forces?
1: I, and I don't think that, I like, this is the thing, right? It's not like God is real. There's a man up in the sky. It's creator, right? And so when I was younger, my parents were divorced. My dad actually became a Mormon. His parents were devout Mormons. And I used to go to the Church of um, Church of Latter-day Saints. And when I was younger, because, you know, in reality, I'm not, I'm not into religion. I'm not into dogmatism. God is not going to judge me uh, for the things that I do. I mean, I'm not, I'm not hurting people. I'm I'm not, uh, you know, God doesn't judge me if I swear, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to get into that, that those types of things. Um, uh, And in, in the beginning, I was like, this is great, because you get to see your friends and you, you know, you mess around at church and you're, you know, sneaking around having fun when no one's looking. And so there's that, you know, little kid part. And then after a while it was like, "Mm, I don't like what these guys are saying. It just doesn't feel right. You know, grouping people into sinners and non-sinners. So I rejected that. And I think because of that experience, I spent most of my adult life being an atheist, like staunch atheist, like don't even say, I actually not even joking. I wouldn't say bless you when somebody sneezed, because that was a religious connotation that's that's where I was and then and then I started you know then I got into the into the it's not I don't prefer to call it the new age movement but I got into yoga and got into like the universe and those things and then I realized that's not it either because that's a whole other dangerous game where people are channeling energy do not channel energy there are energy forces here on this planet that are not here to help us And uh, so I realized after a while that this is not, (laughs) this is actually the opposite of that. And then I sat in this middle ground. And then when this shit went down, I was like, I mean, I've known for I've known for some time that these people are satanic, and then it just clicked on me. Well, you, again, you can't fight Satan if you don't hold God in your heart, because God, God is the creator. But in, in reality, God is love. And I did learn through my new age experience because it's a lot about love and it's a lot about being one with the universe but there there is something to be said about love there's no stronger sword than love it's it's a it is the tool and mm-hmm. um and and now uh, we actually do sunday night scriptures um with a man named shade stone who's amazing it's it's hard to talk to shade though because it turns into four-hour conversations very easily and he always He's he always knows what he needs to say or what I need to hear. He's just awesome. So we do that on Sunday nights, and it's really interesting when you get into the scripture and see what's happening now. And it's just like it's almost like I can't even explain it. It's just. this and is, is that something you
0: making. do? Like, um where do you do that? I get on a Zoom call, or we is do that, a Zoom
1: oh, at eight o'clock every Sunday. Yeah.
0: Is that a public thing?
1: It's a public thing. Yeah. Oh, cool. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, I I found the same thing with with my realizing that um, the people even above the trillionaire class or whoever they are that they're 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 worshiping Satan and I'm like well that's bizarre oh,
1: that's so exactly it's not, where it's coming from
0: you've got all the money and all the power and the the technology to do anything and I thought okay it's spiritual and they're they're worshiping Satan then I was like wait a second they okay. don't want
1: money and power they want right. suffering because they feed off of that they're right. they're, they're low frequency beings it's like the person that sees something like you know, when somebody gets hurt and they laugh. Mm. But like, I mean, we all do it to some extent. But right. like, you know, they see someone lose their arm, ha, ha! like, it's the psychopath. It's the person that has no conscience. That's mm. who these people are. They're, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I need to tell you what they do.
0: Yeah, I've gone you go down some of the rabbit holes. And I, I that resonated with me when you're like, Okay, I take a step back and be like, whew, okay, yeah. yeah, it's pretty insane. But just discovering that they are worshiping like a satanic entity of some kind, that's what made me believe in God. I'm like, damn, well,
1: yeah.
0: And then yeah. God must be real, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm like you, I don't, I don't go to church. I mean, if maybe I would go to a church if they were talking about, here's how we battle the satanic takeover of the world right now, like in real time, <laughs> instead of singing songs and just la, 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 and well, having, that's a lot of what,
1: yeah. And that's a lot of like with, with shade, it's like talking about scripture and then, but it's tying into what's happening now. So it's really fascinating stuff to listen to and um uh, again like it's it's uh, i sometimes uh, feel like that's what gives me the strength to to go on
0: let's talk about a little bit about what you're doing now honestly i feel like uh, i want to book another podcast with you as soon as we hang up i'm sending you a link <laughs> <to> schedule <laughs> i feel like i could jam with you forever i'm so happy that you're into all this stuff um what was it like for you shits hit the fan blur streets empty at what point did you get involved with, okay, I want to st- create this website and start helping people?
1: So so how it happened, um, I actually live very close to Queen's Park in Toronto. And I saw that they were doing the, the protests and a friend of mine had, had been sending me their Facebook groups and things like that. Um, I live close to hospitals too. Lots ah. of ambulances these days. Let me mm. tell you, lots of sirens, lots of mm. sirens so I knew about it. I just didn't know what was happening. And like, there was just so much unknown, right? Like, people were freaking out, my family and I just totally, like, did not connect on this at all. They were, you know, over here, and I was over here going, No, like, this isn't right. This, this doesn't make sense. Like, people are not dying on the streets. Like, this isn't, this isn't what they say it is um and i kept saying to them like i live near five hospitals there's no ambulances there's Mm -hmm. nothing right it's dead out there and the masking like it's just i'm not putting a mask on my face like i get anxiety even thinking about it so i actually have a medical medical exemption it was the first thing i did when i saw the mask mandate i saw there was exemptions and i called my doctor before it was even implemented i need what i need an exemption i can't wear one so so i have one by the way i fly without one like
0: wow it's hard You, you can't even get one of those anymore
1: no no, yeah. you can't. You can't. They they will take their. They'll take the doctor's license away and come and confiscate their 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 uh, their their records. Wow.
0: Do you have yours like laminated and like. Well, I have digital. I
1: have like printed. Yeah. um and i the only the only time i ever show it is to the airline so i can fly and that's the only time i will show it to anybody so anyway uh, when when this mask mandate came out i was like ah that's it as if a mask is going to stop the world's deadliest virus but your hands are free like just like just stop like you would need earplugs and goggles at the very least people because viruses come in well First of all, a virus isn't a virus, but pathogens come in through your ears and your mucous membranes. Let's just move on from that. Um, So, and by the way, I'm a nutritionist and I bought into the virus bullshit, the viral. And then I've been doing some research on that too, but we'll park that one. So I said, screw this. I'm going to go to, I'm going to Queens Park. So I went into the Queens Park one day. I walked in there and said, how do I get involved? Like they hadn't even started yet. Like they were just setting up and I walked in. How, who do i talk to i want to get involved and i met uh kellyanne wolf and vlad i didn't know these people i've never met lamont i've i and you know i've never met any of these people before i've never done activism before i have no idea i just know that i'm d- i'm done with this shit. and so i was with hugs over mass for a while with colin mcdonald um and then uh dan oak came into the to the fold and then uh that was that was in july i was up to my neck in hugs over mass very heavily involved. And then um, just realized that this wasn't what I wanted to do um, because their thing was building this global network and doing marches. And that's great and everything. There needs to be an action out of it, right? So then uh, Dan, Colin, and myself started Stand for Thee. And then we ended up parting ways. Uh, Cullen went to Mexico, Dan started doing common law, and now Stanford has morphed into what it is. And by the way, I do not subscribe to that common law, which is one of the reasons why we're not connected anymore. We have common law from the UK and Canada, and that common law is very useful for us Canadians. Um, at the time, again, I've never done activism, so it was like, let's try this. Let's try to help small businesses. Let's try to help people in long term care let's try to help this group and then you know we'd like get a zoom together and get people together and start ideating what are we going to do what do we do and then it was like you know what the businesses don't want the help i can't help them because we're giving them all the tools and the information that they need and they're too afraid and Mm -hmm. i i we did help some business owners directly and one of those is uh taco el asador that's just down the street and uh um the owners there told me That they had a bunch, and this is, this is what happened, right? There was a bunch of businesses that were like, we're not going to do this. Like the the past, we're not going to do this jibby jabber past thing. Like We don't want to do this. This is, this is is wrong. The BIAs went around, talked to every business, like you have to do this. If you don't do this, you're going to be in trouble and then scared all of them to submission. So I suspect that happened in most regions. We actually reached out to every single BIA in Toronto and said, hey, listen, you don't have to break the law because they are breaking the law. You don't have to violate people's rights. You don't actually have the authority to do this. You could be sued. And they went, the BIAs. I think one of them actually told me to fuck off. Sorry, you don't, it's okay if I swear, because I do swear. Oh,
0: I love it. I love it, the more the better.
1: Okay, okay. And so we realized, oh shit, these guys don't have an ally with the BIAs. So we can't go through them. And the businesses are afraid. And it didn't, so we realized, okay, we can't, that's just dead, dead. We're going to move on. So then, you know, we started helping various groups and different actions and we, we, you know, we were, we had successes and we didn't, and then we, we it kind of morphed into where we are now, which our our big thing and our, has always been informing people to empower them so that they know what their rights are. And so that they can stand in their authority and say, no. And this is why, no, you don't have the right to do this. And so, and that came out of working with Jane Scarf. She's a licensed paralegal. She's got 40 years experience. And I'll tell you something, she, she has a very interesting background that you would be very hard pressed to find anybody in this, I'm going to say in this country that has done what she has done because she's not a lawyer. And she's not held by the bar, which there's a bigger conversation about that. Lawyers um, will not use the bill of rights and we use the bill of rights. We will not use the charter. There was actually a big loss this past week with Seneca College. They did a charter challenge and they lost. And now they've opened gates for all of the other institutions. And uh, I triggered myself by saying charter. I'm going to move on. Mm but Jane has been an absolute gift. Um, Jane terrifies me sometimes. She's like, she, again, she's got forty years' experience, and you know what? She doesn't take any shit. And because her, most of her, if you look up Jane Scarf, you're gonna find uh, her calling out the government for being involved with an RBC bombing. She was with um, Occupy Ottawa and helping the people in Occupy Ottawa. She has been connected with incredible people, like you know top lawyers in Canada, she's got amazing information. And be, again, because she's not a lawyer, she can speak more freely, because the Bar Association muzzles lawyers, as far as we can tell something is, you know, there, there are lawyers who help, but they won't do it publicly, they are afraid to, mm. well, it's not the law society. So it has to be the Bar Association that's doing that. So we, again, we, we strive to put forward information that people can use to help them. Whether it's with their business or their children in school or healthcare, for example, um, uh, people were being blocked from accessing their loved ones because they didn't show a, a pass or wear a mask. And healthcare consent act section 11 states informed consent. You can't tell someone to do that, and especially you can't you can't implement a a, a private policy to make people do that. And and so we were able to help people get in to see their loved ones. Like literally, this man's mother was dying and they didn't want to let him in and like and i can't even tell you how many people we talked to where their loved ones died and they didn't get to say goodbye but then the hospital would call them and tell them come look at the body wow. but don't tell me that's wow. about health Holy don't mother. tell me right that's not about that's not about protecting canadians that's control um and it's the same thing in the in the long-term care homes so that was that's what we were doing, right? Educating and informing, and getting the information out there. Doing the work to to find it, and now uh, another big people with self representation. Um, this just uh, this past Monday, we did a self representation Zoom. Um, so we are helping people to understand the court process, which can be daunting. I've I I do self representation, so I've never even had like a speeding ticket. Like I've had parking tickets. That's the worst thing that I've done. The worst thing. This The past two years, I had three Reopening Ontario Act violations. I've been charged with trespassing on Parliament Hill for having a fucktudo shirt, which, by the way, you can now say fucktudo on the Hill. You're welcome. <laughs> I have $700. <laughs> so I, I'm banned from Parliament Hill. I'm not allowed to go wow. on Parliament Hill because I had a fucktudo shirt. Wow. Yeah.
0: So, wait, yeah. hold on. How, how do we go from not being able to say fucktudo to now we're able to say Fuck Trudeau! What did because you Because
1: I, <laughs> I was at Parliament Hill. We were there for a rally, and we were on the street, and um, somebody went up with a fuck Trudeau flag, and they told them they had to leave. And being the air, fiery Aries that I am, I got triggered, and I went. My friend was there, Brian Dirksen, who was there with his display, and I said, "Do you have a Do you have a piece of Do you have a piece of like board, like cardboard or something?" Yep. Do you have a marker? Great. Give me that. So I wrote Fuck Trudeau <laughs> and I went up on the hill and I was like, I'm not leaving. And they lost their minds. I got assaulted by the, the PPS uh, security, which is the pedophore security. It's actually the Parliamentary Protection Services. But in reality, it's the pedophore protection services. Um, I had my sign up and I had the Bill of Rights, Section D, the freedom of speech. And I was like, you you are violating my rights. Like You don't even know the law. And you're telling me that, you know, that a little rule book supersedes the bill. No, it doesn't like just knock it off. Try to tell me it's private property. I was just stop, you know, and it was an hour and a half long standoff. I was being berated by the PPS and also, you know, people there with the family. you my children can see that. I'm like, you know what? I watched mainstream TV. Okay. Don't tell me your kids aren't hearing swear words and don't tell me like, just stop. And I said, well, you know, I said, you know what, sir, you're right. This is called freedom of speech. And I know you don't like it. And I said, you know what? I'm, I actually don't like it either. I'm making a point right now. So thank you. And I said, just walk away with your kid. This, what's the problem? I'm facing no. this way. You face that way. Come on, be a problem solver. <laughs> then the police came and oh, they were talking to me like I was developmentally challenged. Like, oh, hi, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. So what's the problem? I said, there's no problem. I'm just standing here with a sign. You tell me what the problem is. That went on for an hour and a half and they came over, took my sign away, handcuffed me, took my bag, threw me in a car, drove me around the corner, frisked me on the side of the street, like a criminal, took my property, searched my property, and then issued me a ticket for $65 and banned me from the hill. And then I forgot, I went back on the hill, got handcuffed again (laughs) and got another, I didn't, I didn't realize I was still banned. So now I'm, I'm banned until I don't know when.
0: And so now what are we allowed to, so
1: the fix, the fix, right, let me it. tell you the fix. I forgot about that part. So that was on Saturday, the following Tuesday, I went down to parliament hill and I had a notice of liability, which you've probably heard of notices of liability, but ours is a bit different. Ours is, uh, we, there's a, there's an offer to rectify. Okay. So um, typically in Canada, if you take someone to small claims court for a rights violation, it's about an award of $5,000, which, by the way, we've had some success with people in the, in, the, uh, in the courts using notice of liability, in particular against Canadian Tire for the masking, because we know it, they've been cray-cray about that. But anyway, um, so I Canadian went down Tire. There.
0: Canadian yeah. Tire. Interesting.
1: They won. They took them to court using the notice of liability. The judge ruled that they would have to pay them compensation for discriminating against them. Wow!
0: Like employees, yeah,
1: the manager, hmm. because you sue the individuals, right? So yeah. I went. To, I I had the name of the officer Bedro, and so I filled out my uh, NOL for Boudreaux and my offer to rectify was apologize to me in the paper. I want you to publicly apologize to me and allow me to say fuck Trudeau on Parliament Hill. Here you go, and I gave it to one of his colleagues. <laughs> The guy had a hissy fit temper tantrum. I'm not taking this letter. And then he ripped it up to a million pieces and threw it on the ground. And then we reminded him he was littering and we might have to exercise citizen's arrest just to mess <laughs> of nuts. And then he swore at us and we like, you swore on the Hill. That's against the rules. Oh
0: <laughs> anyway,
1: my- so he, they must've pieced it together because Jane went back to Parliament Hill the following weekend and she recorded it. And she went up on the Hill with the fuck Trudeau sign and no one did anything.
0: Wow. Wow. No one
1: did a thing. So I gave them an offer to rectify and he did 50% of it. (laughs) That's incredible. And that's why I took the ticket too. That's why I was like, give me the ticket. I wanna be able to fight it in court. Give me the ticket. I also got a $700 ticket for playing, for having amplified sound at a protest by a bylaw officer. And I know he didn't get a complaint and a bylaw officer has to have a complaint in order to execute a ticket. So where was your complaint so he came over and told me uh, you have to turn it down. I said, I'm not turning it down. I'm not turning it off. Well, I'm going to give you a ticket. Go ahead. He's like, I'm going to give you an opportunity. So I would turn it up. And then turn it back down so I could hear him. And he said, I'll give you a warning. I was like, nope, turn it up again. And I said, listen, if I take that ticket, are you going to bug off? So I just turned it up until he wrote the ticket. So we go away. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Um, and I also have twenty six thousand dollars in tickets for refusing to participate in the unlawful quarantine act.
0: Oh my God! Twenty six thousand.
1: Yeah, and a summons. And I went to trial last week, and I kicked the prosecutor's ass. And so uh, my trial is going to continue in November, um, but uh, I, uh, I I certainly uh, put a big dent in in their plans. So.
0: Wow, you're like my new hero because people are really freaked out about these big tickets and traveling and. That's, now, what they they, want, that's
1: the whole point, right?
0: Yeah. We're so freaked out. So can you tell us, I'm assuming that these were a, f- a few different trips where you got tickets? Yeah. So, uh,
1: yeah. yeah. So my husband and I went to Mexico in October and uh, when we came back, you know, you're supposed to do the quarantine nonsense. And we said, I'm not doing that. I'm not answering your questions. I'm not doing anything that you want me to do. So that led us to get, at that time we got $12,000 in tickets and then um i went back in december and then i, I had to go through the states so i, I did like literally the anxiety like am i gonna get in and it was it was it was december 30th my husband had stayed there and so I'm like, am I going to get in? I don't know what's going to happen. I get I get to the border and I got in no problem. Didn't even ask a single question about it. He asked why I was going. I told him and off I went. So that time when I came back, I came back. It was the Ambassador Bridge. I got $14,000 in tickets in one go. I did a live recording when I got the tickets. I finally was like, I'm just going to do a live. And then I actually flew into, so... <laughs> I, I was able to fly on Air Transat because they thought my mask exists. So I had a flight booked and I forgot to cancel it. I was actually at the convoy, caught up in the convoy, forgot to cancel this ticket. And then I was like, holy shit, like it's tomorrow. Like I should, I should at least try. So I thought, okay, I'm just gonna pack a bag, go to the airport and see what happens. And being the good project manager that I am, I had, okay, back up in case you do get on that plane, be prepared for that. So I did, and I got on the plane because they thought my mask exemption was a vaccine exemption. So they asked me if I had the jibby-jabber, I had to say no, because I don't. They They went and talked amongst themselves. And typically I show them the letter, like for the mask exemption, you get an email and you show them the email, because I suspect being someone that's worked in IT, that their system is archaic and it probably only says exemption, they probably never anticipated having more than this. So now they got to update that. That's my guess, because this was in December when it just came in, right? So I, they asked me the question, I tell them, no, I don't have that because there's no point in lying. I can't produce it. And then she came back and gave me my boarding pass. And I said, so is it just that the, you're asking? And then if you say, no, you're still letting them on. She's like, no, you're supposed to have it. And I was like, I finally had to say, well, I don't know how I'm getting on the plane. Like I don't, I finally was like, I don't understand how I'm getting on the plane. She said, well, well, the airline granted you an exemption. I was like, okay. <laughs> I ran. <laughs> it's like, Okay. See you later." Yeah. So I got on the plane, which meant I had to come back into Pearson. So I came back into Pearson and I was stupid because I didn't know. Well, not stupid. I just didn't know. And I know now I got a ticket at that time as well. So I had three times when I got tickets. Then when I came in through the one crossing, the Ogden, Ogden I forget the name of the crossing um, near Brockville. The OP, she gave me a summon. So I'm currently going through my trial for that one. And then the last time I came through, I got nothing. I said, am I being detained? And she said, no. And I said, well, I'm going to go now. And she said, okay, give me the yellow slip. And I went, see you later. And I left. That was it. That was in June and nothing's become of it. And I want everyone to understand as well, under the Provincial Offenses Act, they only have 30 days to issue you a a ticket. So if you commit, say you commit an offense on May 2nd, they only have 30 days. So it would actually be May 31st, right? It's 31 days in May. Or it, it won't get, you can't process it. There's a statute of limitation, limitations on that.
0: They have the ability to let you go through the border, but then it, it mail you a ticket?
1: They could. Could have, oh, potentially. Oh,
0: interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Because so that's been people, happening to people now.
0: Oh, so they get through the border, they get through the border and they think, oh, I'm fine. And then they get it in the yes, mail. Yeah, listen
1: we actually there's two people that i've heard of now there's someone that just mailed, emailed me today that i have to get back to um there's another gentleman they never gave him a ticket but they convicted him ex parte which means they sent out a notice for him to appear he didn't appear and they convicted him so that and then i just got another notice of that today they're like i never got the ticket so there's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of sneaky stuff going on with these with these quarantine tickets but anyway that the point of what i was saying was the self-representation so we help people prepare for their their appearance, like prepare for their uh, first appearance, get their disclosure and go through trial.
0: So w- when you got that first ticket and then you get the second one for like 14 grand, are you not freaked out?
1: I'm, I'm, no, I'm not freaked out because uh, again, this is a federal matter. The Bill of Rights is re- in regards to federal matters. The Bill of Rights clearly states that only an act of parliament is the is, is the method that can be used to override my rights. In there it states that I have the right to life, liberty, security of person and enjoyment of property and not to be deprived thereof except by due process of law. There's been no due process of law. I have the right to equality of law and protection of the law, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of the press. So I'm not concerned.
0: So what about some of these people that, um, I mean, it's, it's so confusing for all of us. Like I drove over mm-hmm. the border, took my kids to Disneyland you know, last month. And um, because after watching uh, Patrick, the border guard, he kind of gave me the courage to do it. And the same thing was driving over to the States was fine, coming back, you know, didn't declare and didn't do arrive can and I was polite to everyone. And it was fine, we were fine. So- You
1: didn't get a ticket?
0: Didn't get a ticket. I did talk to public health because I didn't know that you could just not talk to them at that point. You're kind of learning every week you learn a new thing.
1: Well, me too. Right. I got the tickets.
0: Didn't get a ticket. So like, why did you get a ticket? And I'm not, were you just going in there all feisty and like,
1: screw you. I'm not doing this.
0: And I was just so nice. Like,
1: (laughs) no, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't Hmm. first, the, the, uh, the first time it was uh, the first time there was a bit of a struggle. Right. But I was like, no. So, and also it depends on the person because the public health guy that we got at the airport was was just like the first guy was like the typical guy that they want to hire psycho right and uh he was very irate i'm going to keep you for hours I, i'm going to write you 100 tickets i was like you write as many tickets as you think you you need to write and there was police helping him too right and so and i was like you can't detain me you cannot unlawfully detain me by writing tickets for three hours and i'm looking at the cop like hello and the cop is like just write the ticket he's like just go write the tickets like just shut up and go write the tickets and then the last time I had a sh- I, the woman, uh, the public health officer was extremely rude to me. And I actually had Jane on the line with me as my legal representative. And she wouldn't let me uh, like parlay what they were saying to my legal representative. Oh, shit. That's going to be my out for my tickets. I just realized. Yeah, I, I got so frustrated with her. And I finally said, you know what? Can you identify yourself, please? Who are you? I need your ba- badge number and your name. You are a public servant. You need to show that. And she just kept talking over to me, over me. And I was like, I'm done, rude. You're talking over me, this is, I'm done with this behavior. And then she pulled her badge out, but it's like literally like 10 point font. She was two feet away. I said, I can't read that. You need to tell that to me, and she wouldn't. And then I literally said, I'm done. I rolled up my window, locked my door and looked straight ahead. I'm not gonna acknowledge you anymore. You don't get to talk to me like this, I'm done with you. If I knew what I knew now, I would have made it clear that they were unlawfully detaining me because they wouldn't give me my passport back, mm-hmm. and that is a way to detain you. And so the question needs to be. So I helped a guy a couple of weeks ago get through the airport in Montreal, and he put me on speaker, and I just we just had a conversation with all of the people that were there, and I I, I asked him, are you detaining are you detaining him? This was to the police officer. I couldn't see this on the phone. And he said, yes. And I said, under what this is, this is the question we all have to ask under what law are you using to detain him The quarantine act? What section S two? He said there, I said, there is no S two, which section 15 bracket one. I said, that's not detainment. That's asking questions. So what's the next one you got? And he's like, uh, and he just quit. So then they, that was a cop. That was a police officer because they don't know the law. Remember this. They don't know. They don't know. Listen, they don't know either. It's not like they go home and go, I'm going to read the Quarantine Act. He literally said S2, there is no such thing as S2 in the Quarantine Act. And he thought (laughs) I wasn't going to know. And then he said 15 15 bracket one, because he's probably heard 15 bracket one. They will typically find people under 58, a 15 bracket three or 15 bracket one. A 15 bracket one is refusing to give information and a 15 bracket three is refusing to um, follow an order. Section 58 is refusing to comply with the order and counsel, the regulations. I know because I read it all the time because I'm helping people all the time. So I was right. like, mm, "Try again, Bob. You're done." And then, um, and then uh, the, the public health officer. So here's the thing: this is this is this is this is the magic question. What is your designation? I want to see your designation. Under Section Five, Bracket Four of the Quarantine Act, it states that the minister can can designate certain people, and it lists those people that they can designate. It also states that if you ask for their designation because they get a certificate they must produce it so a designation
0: I this, so it's a designation of someone who can t- write,
1: write tickets, tickets. because okay. not everyone can write tickets you have to have a, a designation and part of that designation is training and i know this because i spoke with a woman who works for one of the ministries here in ontario who was on our zoom call private messaged me we had a conversation and she told me this is how it works. And of course they would have to have some kind of training because there are parameters under the Provincial Offenses Act. And every province has a Provincial Offenses Act. And they, and so it's interesting with the Quarantine Act because it is a federal bylaw through the Quarantine Act, yet it is administered by the municipalities and it is facilitated in provincial courts. And it's done through what's called a Contraventions Act, which glues all of these jurisdictions together. But here's the fun, fun part not all provinces signed on to the to the contraventions act alberta saskatchewan and the territories did not sign on to the contraventions act so people who reside in the or if you fly into alberta you won't get a ticket but if you Mm -hmm. so you could fly anywhere you want in the world and fly into calgary and then fly home and you won't get a ticket wow what yeah and and if you go and look on the contraventions act site and you go and look at the data, you will see the tables. And in those tables, there are footnotes. And when you click on the footnote, it says no contraventions recorded for Alberta, no contraventions recorded for Saskatchewan, no contraventions recorded for the territories. And if you go and read the Contraventions Act, there's another clincher in there too, where it states that contravention, the the definition of a contravention is a regulation made under governor and council. Well, the Quarantine Act was not implemented under governor and council. It was implemented by uh, the Minister of Health by himself or herself. It used to be Patty Hadju um, because they created under the Budget and Imple- Implementation Act in 2019, 2019, it's like someone knew it was coming. They put in a provision in the uh, Budget and Implementation Act to say that the minister could create regulations under the quarantine act without going through governor and council well how the hell did they know they would need that in 2019 and that was bob morneau liberal bob morneau how do we know these things i don't even know I don't even know how these things come our way, but this is this is this is what's going on right now. So then you have so then you have Section One B of the Canadian Bill of Rights, which is equal treatment of the law and protection of the law. And not all Canadians are being treated equally because people in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and the territories are not subjected to the same regulations and the same uh, 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 um, offenses as the rest of us. So that's not equal treatment of the law, and the. The part that gets me the most about the Quarantine Act, the whole objective of the Quarantine Act, is to prevent uh, the introduction or spread of a communicable disease. I have crossed into this country five times. Ask me how many times I've been asked if I had a fever or if I've been exposed or if I have any symptoms. How many times do you think I've been asked? About zero. 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 So this is this is clearly not about public safety. You also have to look at we are one of the only countries in the world. I think as of two days ago, we were the only country in the world. We have to wear a mask on a plane. They've all dropped them. And, and this is the crazy part. We are the only country in the world that doesn't allow its citizens into the country without a, a, a um, jibby jabber. Americans can come and go as they please. As a foreigner, you need to get you need to have it to into the country, which that doesn't make any sense either, because what the virus goes. Oh, that guy's American. It's all good. Don't, 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 get, don't get him. It makes no sense. And further to the Quarantine Act, it states in it that the governor and council can create orders to prevent travel based on the, uh, the, the, based on the governor and council having the opinion that there's an outbreak in that country. There's, the Americans are wide open. They've been wide open for months. Mexico, there's no, there's no restrictions to go into the country of Mexico. So there, these countries have no outbreak, and there are reasonable measures. Check my temperature. Ask me a screening question. So hmm. it's all a bunch of bullshit.
0: You're the best, honestly. I'm, I'm gonna listen back to this podcast about a hundred times and make take notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well,
1: and you know we have all this information on our site and. Again, we did the self representation zoom on Monday, and it was it was all quarantine questions, because so wow. many people are, are, you know, like, people need to travel, there is a there is a, a, a valid purpose for travel, it could be work, it could be school, it could be going to see a loved one who's dying. Hmm. And people have been deprived of this.
0: The difference between going over like driving over and flying over Big difference. Okay. Can you explain, is there a way to get around Arrive Can when you're, when you're flying? It's right.
1: hard. It's hard because it's the airline that's the problem. The airmen, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Air Canada is 6% of Air Canada's shares is owned by the federal government.
0: Mm, I didn't know the,
1: that. Air Canada used to be a crown entity and they sold it in the seventies and then they, it went public, but the government still owns 6% of their shares. Mm. I just researched this the other day. So this is a problem. The government, this is what people need to understand. The government bails out entities because they want to control them, just like they bailed out the businesses. All of those businesses that took deals or took those loans, that has a clause in it that says you do what the government tells you or the deal is off and you've got to repay. And that's why businesses, that's why many complied. But at the end of the day, the government cannot ask you to break the law. So there's an out for that, and it doesn't matter what that clause says. The government cannot ask you, oh, or me, to break the law, and that's what they were doing with the with the reopening Ontario Act uh, regulations. Um, but yes, there's a big difference between border and and airport. The pro- two two big problems with the airport is the airline, and also the police are in the airport on contract for public health. Hmm. So when you get off the plane, the police are there. When you go through a border they have to bring them and if you come into the border after 6 pm public health is gone so that's a big risk reduction and as long as you have your passport in hand am i free are you detaining me no well i'm leaving see you later and if they do have your passport that's when you got to kick up a stink and you know what you're detaining me i'm going to call a lawyer Mm. you're detaining me otherwise i'm free to go give me my passport because that's what they're doing they're holding people's passports so that they can issue them a ticket. So they're detaining people for the duration of writing the ticket. And the whole time they're saying you detained. Well, you are being detained because they're holding your property. Now they're saying, well, it's government property. Yeah, well, you're not government. You're not government, you're a contractor. You're a piece of shit hired <gasps> for public health on contract to abuse Canadians. That's what you are. I have no yeah. respect for those public health people at all. They're disgusting scum.
0: Are you saying that maybe just if you're going to fly, make sure you fly back into Calgary if you can.
1: Yeah, or, or Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan or yeah. a territory. Yeah, so that's, the, that's the joke.
0: The rest of the country, you're basically saying, though, you're, you're kind of screwed for flight, like it's maybe not worth the hassle. Well, I, was,
1: me- I mean, I'm still I still travel. I'm not going to stop traveling because of this. Right. And, you know, I'll take the tickets. And I've been fortunate Like when I flew um, when I flew back with, with from on air transat, they didn't ask me to install the Rivecan, can. And I don't, I will never do that. And what's interesting too, is my husband came back in August and uh, he flew on air transat. We fly on air transat because it's been the most relaxed. And because I don't wear a mask, we fly, um, like it's just been easier with them. Mm. Um, and uh, so he, his phone got water damaged. So he couldn't do, arrived can Mm. well guess what they did they gave them a waiver that says i understand that i may be ticketed when i arrive into canada because i don't have arrived can sign here why can't we all do that and i think we actually should be doing that i think that we should all be given the opportunity to sign that waiver so the Mm. next time i fly i'm going to say give me the waiver i'll sign the waiver give me the waiver why can't you give me the waiver
0: yeah i guess the fear is like you buy a ticket for six seven eight hundred bucks and then you get to the airport and they will let you on and you're like you know i guess that's the thing
1: i know and that's happened to people that's happened to people and i i would certainly pick the airline wisely and not fly on air canada i my husband i used to love air canada and now i'm just like scum people are scum um i know i was helping a, a woman who her and her husband were flying on air canada on the way there she wasn't wearing a mask and they gave her a hard time on the way back, they removed her from the flight because on the way there, and she had her mask on. She's like, I know you're gonna, like, I'll wear the mask. They came on and said, this is my flight. You need to go and physically like had her removed.
0: For, for some people that are like, okay, what's the big deal with Arrive can?
1: First of all, um, understand the terms of Arrive can. Your information is gonna be shared across agencies and uh, outside entities as well, number one. Number two, they wanna use it for implementing the digital ID. They, they actually the one person who recorded their experience at the airport. The person actually said to them, "This is something about making a border crossing more efficient. Like I forget the word, but basically we know that they are that they want to make it permanent. And this apparently the states is doing it, and Europe, the EU, which uh, I'm never gonna fly to the EU again, and I'm never gonna go to the states again if that's the case, um, has implemented that these these um, arrive can like similar type tools and if we don't push back and say no we're not doing it then that's what's going to happen and then that's going to that, this is the start of the digital id right this is where this is what this is that qr code and like i anyone that uses qr codes in this movement i'm like what the hell are you doing you are participating in uh in further development of this agenda well how can you be a freedom fighter and have qr codes on your shit what the hell's wrong with you make it mm-hmm. a tiny URL, please. Like let's, let's stick to like old fashioned here. That's, that's my beat. First of all, go fuck yourself. I'm not giving you any of my information. I'm not, I'm not giving you, why should I tell you? You know, again, I'm a nutritionist. How many poops do you have a day? Uh, can you describe them to me? No, no, it's, it's okay, I'm a nutritionist. So I'm allowed to know. You know what I mean? Like, no, you don't.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what they ask on Arrive Can. I've never filled it out. I just refused to. Well, but-
1: I saw it. I saw it because when I came through Air Transat, the, the young man there said, oh, you can fill it out by paper. So I said, sure. I started filling it out. And as soon as the first checkbox said under the emergencies order, I said, there is no emergency. I can't sign this. I'm not signing it. And then, and I, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to sign it anyway, but then I was like, oh, there's my out right there. And right. I, I didn't know what I know now. I didn't know what I know now. It was only my third time flying or third time crossing. And I would have been like, hell to the no. And now they won't even let people do paper. Mm. They want it in that system. Yeah. The next big thing is Trudeau for treason.
0: Okay. Yeah. What's, what's the Trudeau for treason?
1: Well, they committed treason for a number of reasons. And I say they, because it's not just Trudeau, but executive branch of of the liberal party, Lamenti, Freeland, Medicino, Trudeau, and Blair, the five of them committed treason because they undermined the democratic process that we all live under and they undermine the democratic process. Because they did not go through the house to invoke the Act um, under the Emergencies Act, there's there's conditions that they're supposed to follow. Number one is paragraph three states: even in a time of emergency, our rights are not to be infringed upon, and that the Canadian Bill of Rights is intact. Again, I'm not going to talk about the Charter because it's a piece of shit document written by a communist, um, and so that was violated. Like even though the Emergencies Act was declared, rights should have still been preserved in the canadian bill of rights uh you know re- which were the rights that i explained um to you earlier a life liberty security of person and enjoyment of property and equal treatment and protection of the law freedom of speech freedom of assembly all of those things um, and then there's grounds for them to declare the emergency and they didn't meet those grounds um, one being that it's a um a serious public uh safety risk i'm just paraphrasing here Um, And the other one is that they don't have the legal framework to um, or capacity to manage the emergency. So it's beyond the scope of the province. The province is incapable or law enforcement is incapable of managing the emergency. Well, they could have used Section 63 bracket one of the criminal code, which states that a protest becomes unlawful when it's tumultuous. They could have used that. Also, it was not a nationwide issue. It was isolated between a few key um, places across the country. Number three, it was not a a major security uh, risk. People were not in harm's way. Borders were closed, well, that was a lie. There was, Mm -hmm. and we have footage, I I mean, we've all seen it. One lane being, emergency lane being open, the intersections being open, the the Ambassador Bridge was opened um, a few days before the act was invoked. The coots had opened up a lane every border crossing that they were using as the excuse to invoke the act had actually come was, was within the law, because they had they were told there was conversation, we have a video with the. Um, uh, Windsor group having a conversation with an officer saying "You just got to open up a lane, they were like sure you tell us what to do we'll do it cool open up the lane guys go like fix it right now. Thank you very much officer and he said you know what you guys are free to carry on i know you guys are you know uh, i i i'm not trying to stop you guys from your lawful protest and the same thing in the coots so and, and Krista freeland admitted under testimony under the special joint committee um, that's declared under section 62 bracket one of the emergencies act that um the, that the border was open she couldn't deny it when she was asked
0: so is there a, um an actual case being yes. presented now to try to, to get yes. him to up for treason. Will a judge uh, uphold that or the? all- We plotting? don't,
1: it doesn't, we're, we're not actually expecting a judge to do that. We expect the House to do that. The okay. MPs to do that. The MPs okay. are the ones, otherwise they're complicit. They're guilty too, because they're not, they, they they're part of it because they're participating in it. If they don't stand up and say, this is treason, they also are treasonous. Because in the criminal code, it states, if you know that treason is being committed and you don't do anything, you are committing treason as well. So they need to stand up. If they get away with it, if there's no repercussions for what they do, then it will happen again. Hmm. They, they completely undermined the democratic process. In section, I think it's 17.1, there's supposed to be a, um, an act of parliament. It's, a, it's called governor and council. Governor and council is not five ministers. It's the entire federal cabinet, which is 58 ministers. All 58 ministers were supposed to vote on that. So there was supposed to be, oh, shit, there's an emergency. Okay, we got to declare an emergency. And get in that house right now and, 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 and vote on it right now. When the emergencies, the War Measures Act was enacted, they voted on it in one day. What happened with the Emergencies Act? They debated for four days. If you're debating for four days, there's no emergency mm. because we'd all be dead by now. If you guys are sitting there thinking, mm, I don't know, man, maybe there isn't an emergency. I don't know, maybe there is. And meanwhile, we're getting bombed or you know whatever it is, we'd be dead, right? So that right. clearly, that right there demonstrates it was not a serious risk to the public. If they had the opportunity To debate it and him and Ha as to whether it was an emergency, so there and then and then we know now through the special joint committee testimony in the it's in the transcripts it's in the videos it's in black and white. They asked Bell, "Did you ask for the Emergencies Act?" No. Lucky head of the RCMP. Did you ask for it to be invoked? No. So who did? When Mendicino stood in the House and said, "The police have asked us." to invoke the Emergencies Act. Really, then who did ask? And Freeland was asked point blank, who asked to invoke the act? And she wouldn't answer it. So who was it? Who was it that asked for it to be invoked? We don't know. And then we know now, the mainstream media has had to admit there were no guns, oopsies. Bell had to admit the arson was not related. Bell had to admit that there were no arrests. And those were the inputs that they used in the house to initiate the act. And it was all based on lies. And what happened out of that act? People got stomped on, they got sprayed, they got shot at, they had their cars confiscated and destroyed. They lost their jobs. They had their bank accounts frozen. They were jailed. There are still men in the coots in, in jail in Alberta. They were now they have they have to deal with the court pr- process. They're traumatized, they're injured. I know a man in, in the East Coast who has an injury to his hand. He may have to have surgery. I, I watched it happen with my own eyes. And you know, I had a call with the OPS because the OPS likes to call me and bother me, the Ottawa Police Services. I had a picnic in Ottawa and they called me to ask me about my protest. I said, what the hell are you talking about? I'm having a family picnic. I, they, I, they call me and trust me, it's not pleasant. Like the one, the poor guy, Chris, he finally said, listen, The next time you call me, do you think you can not be so mean? I said, well, it depends on why you're calling me, Chris. I can't answer that question. I can't make any guarantees. But, you know, um, the OPS, they were, I mean, if anybody was causing problems, you know, I saw it with my own eyes and it was them. They were the ones blocking the roads. They were the ones that put up the barriers. And you want to talk about a slap in the face. I went back two or three weeks after the convoy was shut down. And I was just like, you pieces of shit. On the corner of Bank and Slater, that's where I said I was, yeah, that's where I mentioned I was camped out, right? On Bank Street between Slater and the that of street, Lisgar, this is not even two weeks, about two weeks, maybe three weeks after the protest. They had the road blocked off for a winter party. Streets completely blocked, not a single lane open. And I took a video and I said, I was like, wait, like talk about in your face, in your face, we, we shut you down because you guys were being unsafe, and you didn't have a road one lane open. And how dare you yet? Here? And, and I, I I, was like, and I was with Jane, I was like, Jane, Jane, what do you what's the word for this? What do you call that? She's like, mm, hypocrite? Yes. Like, I, I like in your face, you know, like, just like, yeah, yeah. And the and then the OPS, you know, with anyway, these guys need to be held accountable because if we don't hold them to accountability, we can, this could very easily happen again because what they did was they created lawlessness in Canada and Canada has very good legal provisions to protect us. And this is why Canada has become the test ground. And I started noticing about 10, maybe 15 years ago, I started getting suspicious because all of a sudden Toronto was like Toronto and Canada and Toronto is so fantastic like New York, right? New York, New York, and it was like Toronto, Toronto and you know on, Toronto's now on the global scene. Toronto's now like the hot spot and Canada's so great. And then well, this is making me feel nervous because why do they want to why? What's the point here? And then oh, what's this smart city bullshit going in down on Queen's Key here? And then oh wait a minute the person that worked for google quit because of security issues and what's this smart city bullshit what's this all about oh they want to create a smart city and oh oh wait a minute to go along with the electrical grid and the this you know all of this shit. this was going to be the test ground toronto and i thought how in the hell did we become the world new world order poster how did this happen? and then watching the condo development those are the inner city prisons for the mass migration which is happening We had record number migration in 2021. Well, we're on lockdown, 400,000 newcomers came to Canada. What the hell? Yet you couldn't leave your house. You couldn't go anywhere. This is not about public safety. So we come the test pilot because we have some of the best laws to protect us. And if they can break Canada, they can break the world. And that is why Canada is so important. Wow. We are extremely important in this puzzle. So if we don't and, 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 and we've been pacified, we've been pacified for decades. Here's free health Here's here's free health care. Here's free education. Here's free this, free that. It's not free they siphon it a little more and more off our paychecks and we don't notice because we're not putting it out of our hand we don't pay attention and now look what's happened all of those people that paid into EI and now they can't get EI because they didn't take this and they say well you didn't you you were insubordinate how is it insubordinate to refuse a medical procedure a forced medical procedure like what world are we living in and so this is what's been happening in Canada for decades and we've been none the wiser because Canada is so great everyone's so awesome in Canada. There's such nice people and look at their healthcare system, which is garbage. Our healthcare system yeah, is it really is. It's shit. It really yeah. Is. It's total shit. Oh um, so this is what's been going on. You well, are. you're like
0: a black belt level badass.
1: I'm just another, I'm just a person who, you know, I don't like to put up with shit. And I don't like being told what to do. I, yeah. And I, I don't want to live my life being told what to do. And I'll tell you something. I have my PayPal account closed and I also, um, had my <laughs> Gmail account closed. Um, I got my Gmail account back, but, um, I got, I got
0: banned off PayPal too.
1: Is it, it's, is uh, like deep rooted anger came up over that. Like, how dare you bastards. And you, oh, I got kicked off of YouTube. So I, I've been deplatformed oh, wow. from YouTube. I've been kicked off of PayPal and did they hold your money for six months paypal
0: um i don't know if we had any money in there to be honest yeah, we've been holding it be-
1: my money for six months
0: really wow. Yeah. wow
1: and that's like it's just like how fucking dare you keep my money first of all what did i do they won't even tell me what i did and they just keep you no know, and they they point you to the rules i read the rules i'm like i didn't do any of these things I have freedom of speech in Canada. You are violating my rights. I didn't break the law. And then YouTube was, I shared shared a video about the Public Order Emergency Commission who was created by Bill Blair or implemented by Bill Blair. One of the ministers who committed committed treason is now investigating himself. Hello, people. We wake up. We have all the information on our site, but we were invited to a meeting with the public. James Bowder invited us to a meeting with the Public Order Emergency Commission and out of that we discovered that they are actually setting themselves up that they can continue to create the narrative that they want because anyone who does who who goes on to testify has to sign a confidentiality agreement and they can never there's no expiry they can never discuss what is what they is disclosed in that, that that in that inquiry and then they're they're yes and then these submissions are going to be cherry picked by the Commission and that's when it, what's going to be put forward to the public. And we busted them. We busted them. We got we recorded the conversation because we didn't sign a confidentiality agreement. It's all up on our site on our website. And guess what? They saw our social posts. They saw our website and they responded and sent us a letter and said, we're not doing that. We literally we saw your Facebook. We're not doing any of those things and literally validated what we said in their letter. So you're just validating exactly what we said. And we're right. You are doing those things. And guess what happened? We met with them on Wednesday. We put out the information on Thursday and on Friday it was postponed by six weeks. Wow. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> we got them quaking and this is why we can't not sit, We can't sit back and relax until this shit is over. There's no relaxing. Um, we also put a kibosh on s two two three. S S223 was the UBI bill. And we put, we cra- crafted a letter to send to your MP and the Senator, anyone, anyone in the, in the feds, um, on one side, it was like, this is why this UBI is a freaking problem. Right. Universal, universal basic income hmm. on the back. We had a questionnaire, are you part of the WEF? Yes or no. Are you affiliated with the United Nations? Yes or no and ask them pointed questions of course nobody responded to the questionnaire but we did get a few responses including from kate pate who was the one who tabled the bill and guess what looks like the bill's dead because Mm -hmm. once it goes silent in the senate it typically doesn't come back and both of them are sitting silently in the senate and they were having a shit fit up there in that hill because they were inundated overwhelmed with letters and phone calls and emails going don't you dare do this and remember some of those mps are smart enough to realize um, that's my pension too. And they could do that to me. And, um, that's my children and they, they could do that to them. And so I think, I, I think it's, I think it might be dead on the Hill and I sure hope so. So th- they do we, th- this is one thing that, that we always say is don't underestimate the power of you, because if you have the right thing, you can create change and you may not even understand how much of a ripple that can make.
0: Mm. Thank you for everything you're doing. Honestly, like uh, most of us don't have the capacity to do what you're doing, to understand it, to memorize all the things that you've been able to memorize or and above and then to, to have all that knowledge, but then have the courage to have that sort of personality where you are just like, no, you're not telling me how to live my life. Uh, I've, you're, you're... I've always
1: born this way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you I can't imagine trying to raise you. Oh, my God. Um, it was yeah, a problem. You... You're, yeah, you're a special breed. You're a really special human. I'm I'm really feeling grateful that uh, not only that I met you, but just to know you're out there and you're you're doing these things and you're pushing things forward. And so for people that want to go to your website, I mean, I guess there's a ton of information there on how to learn about what your rights are. Yep. I noticed that you help people in certain uh, situations what is the extent of that help? help if someone is uh having a situation where they've got a five thousand dollar ticket that's going to break them are you someone they can reach out to or your staff or i how give does... out
1: my phone number all the time i talk to okay. people all the time we actually helped a woman because uh, again with the self-representation zooms we do friday night zooms every friday night eight o'clock we do like special edition zooms we do personal zooms like if there's like a group of people that want to take action we'll do a zoom with them we get emails phone calls texts like we both Jane and I were here like we we put ourselves out there to help people because we're we're both of the mindset that when anybody wins we all win hmm. and there was a lady I'm really excited for this because this goes back to the designation that I was talking about with these public health officers the she had her um she had her um quarantine uh trial and this was in Manitoba and they're just they're really trying to screw these people around bullshit baffles brains you know so they sent her back a a list of legislation i was like what's the point like yeah that's great and then they were trying to do it make her do it like imply that she was doing a charter challenge and she'd have to send in an application and she's like i'm not doing a charter challenge anyway so um we helped her through it she got into her trial she got it adjourned oh the the prosecutor because it's not it's not criminal it's prosecutor the prosecutor was trying to say to her i don't it's all about disclosure everything is about disclosure if you don't have full disclosure you can't prepare a full defense so she said she wrote to the 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 prosecutor asking for additional disclosure because there was some stuff in her uh, there was a uh, the p hack person was not in her disclosure so she wrote back and said i don't have full disclosure I need full disclosure to so I can have a full defense. You need to send this to me. And he wrote back saying all this bullshit and links to legislation. And one of them was the Manitoba Provincial Offenses Act, where it states under section 62 or 60, 62 something, I think 60 something, six something bracket one, where they have um, additional evidence if it's it's if it's urgent. But I said, Well, read on. Section 60, 60, whatever it was, bracket four says that you can ask for it to be disclosed when it is relevant and it is relevant because only PHAC can go to enforcement, not the board of services officer. So it's extremely important. She went into the courtroom, slammed that down. The judge went, you're right. Boom. Adjourned to give her an opportunity to get that information and to subpoena the public health officer. Wow. And if she can get that public health officer on the stand and ask her, where's your designation and she can't produce it, it's done, done. Because if they don't have designation, they can't write those tickets. And if they can't write those tickets, suck it. So this is huge. This is huge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. This is great. This is great. Okay, so listen, you know who to call if you're one of these people <laughs> sweating with a ticket. I mean, Rebecca, right here, black belt master badass. This is awesome. And I learned
1: everything from Jane scarf. I will not I gotta, I gotta, I have to give Jane Scarf credit. I mean, I I came with a bad attitude, but she she's taught me everything I know.
0: If we want to just join in on some of these Zooms, can we just go to your website and and just listen in? Okay.
1: Uh, Yeah, well, what what we ask people to do is join our newsletter so that they can get the link and and, and, uh, and join that way and just get up to date on stuff that we have going on. And also, you know, social media is risky. Even telegram channels get shut down sometimes. So um, I always ask people to uh, join our, our mailing list from our website um and then they can get updates on on stuff that we have going on.
0: This has been a thrill.
1: <laughs> Thank the you. Talk.
0: This has been Thank so you great. Very much. I hope we can do it again and love to. Uh, just just talk about all the crazy things. I love it.
1: <laughs> oh, Thank we can have a we could have a we can have a crazy talk. We could have a crazy great talk. Oh yeah, Amen. yeah.
0: Thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you have a question or comment about this episode, leave it inside the app. Go to the App Store, Kid Carson, or contact me through kidcarson.com.